You're listening to Cinema Red Pill. I'm Sharon, and welcome to our final episode of 2018. I will be hosting this final episode by myself, but don't worry because we will hear from 15 different people. Yes, for our final episode, I asked 15 people to send me recordings of themselves talking about their favorite movie of the year. I wanted to be able to have different perspectives and different choices because especially since me timothy and joel who usually host this podcast together tend to have very similar choices we're trying something different this year and hope for a few surprises and a very fun episode and personally i was definitely surprised because from the pool of 15 people no one had black panther as their favorite which was a monumental film from this year in regards to how well it did and how popular it has been like just coming off christmas everyone knows this movie and can reference it and wakanda is a word that everyone understands now so but it hasn't been anyone's favorite um something that wasn't shocking at all of course is all the movies are hollywood movies people's people watch a lot more hollywood than any any other and there were some similar choices some people had the same favorite movie and i will play those back to back uh, i'll start with someone you know if you've been listening to the podcast before and that's my co-host timothy alongside a personal friend of mine esther they have the same favorite let's hear them so hello cinema red pill uh this is timothy Niwamanya, regular contributor to the podcast and yeah, this is my selection for uh, film of 2018. And uh, that choice goes to A Quiet Place. Uh, if you haven't seen A Quiet Place, uh, it's a 2018 film that's described as a post- post-apocalyptic horror film. But I see it more as a psychological thriller. Where there are these creatures that prey on people through sound. The sound you make is what, is what gets you caught. So, um, one of my reason why this film is my favorite of theirs is because it follows this trend of this trend of really intellectual films that have come out over the past couple of years. These intellectual horror films, films like Don't Breathe, films like Get Out, and I don't know if I can put Sorry to Bother You under that category. Uh, they usually use uh, social issues and kind of blow them up into this horror kind of thing. So. For this film, my favorite thing was the aspect of the screenplay. Apparently, this film was influenced by silent films because they are, they are film students and they're really influenced by silent films and they had this ambition to make a film that was almost entirely not with dialogue but still a contemporary kind of film. And that's one of the best things about this because they actually pull it off. And the other thing I would say about this film is the direction because personally I just directed my first short film. Okay, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't just directed it. It was done a while back, but it's just me copy and it's going to be out. And also this film was a first film for a person who was an actor, John Krasinski, and he's now using this as his first film in the 
Uh, another thing I'll point out, probably the final thing about this film, is that there's going to be a sequel scheduled for I think 2019. So it's something to look out for. It's something which has great artistic um, merit and great aesthetic appeal. And that's all I'll say about A Quiet Place. But then I want to just mention like three other films that I think personally they were a big part of my 2018 and that's Annihilation by Alex Garland. Another film I'll mention, okay not a film, it's actually a series and it's it Netflix I'm not sure but it's World World Country, a documentary series which covered the cult and I'm personally interested in this arena of like belief and faith and see a documentary done on like a previous legendary cult it was really amazing and it was entertaining. I would say it was by uh, OG Made in America of this year. Yeah, definitely. And third, I just want to mention Ascari, my own short film. It has been a film I've been waiting to release for a long time, but I'm finally done with it. And I've seen it, I like it, and I feel like I've liked it. So I'm really looking forward to sharing it in 2019. We'll see it. So this is just me raising awareness for it. Other than that, uh, thank you and have a great new year. Hi, my name is Esther. Uh, Rocky told me to mention, talk about my favorite movie this year. Uh, I have three, but uh, I'll pick one, talk about that one. Um, I liked Infinity War, because duh, it was awesome. I liked, uh, what was the other one? Crazy Rich Agents, who doesn't? But my favorite would be A Quiet Place. I liked it because of the way it made me feel. I, I felt, first of all, my son didn't tell me it had subtitles when I got it. I was watching the whole time, and even though they were signing, I couldn't understand what they were saying. But the intensity in those moments when, when they go um, fishing with his son, and he's scared to, to, to like talk because he's afraid they might, he, might, he might get killed by the monsters. I cried because I was like, but uh, he's so scared. I just found the whole situation very sad also. And then um, the way it starts when we don't know what's go going on. We don't know why it's called a quiet place. They're, they're using sign language. Is it or wondering, is it war? What happened? Like, what's going on? And then that boy plays that toy. And all of a sudden, there's just this thing that comes out of the woods. I... <laughs> I just love the way it made me feel. The father was so, so caring. I just thought he was the best father. Everything about this movie, I loved. I loved the, the sister. I don't, remember, I don't remember her name, the deaf girl. The whole point of when she couldn't hear anything and then she just stood there. But I don't know, it felt like she was the most important in the whole movie like the whole movie just blew me away i loved it i loved the whole setting i just it didn't feel like a horror movie it felt like a tragic i don't know drama or you know the ones that used to make you cry but 
you didn't even know why you were crying you know it's they're all acting but it was i just loved the intensity i love the fact that john karinski was with his wife oh my god i i loved it that's it from me bye nice uh same movie two wildly different perspectives are uh, this is kind of what i was hoping for you can hear timothy has a lot of technical appreciation while esther felt all the feelings um so i've watched a quiet place and also liked it just quite a bit once it was done but there's a current movie called there's a movie that just came out about last week called bird box on netflix which has a similar premise but instead of the monsters finding you because of the sound this one's uh when you look at it it kills you so it was and i didn't like it as much i think it made me appreciate how good a quiet place actually is it made with that contrast i i could see how great it actually is um i guess you've seen it though it has inspired very many great memes on the internet so after seeing it check those out but yeah quiet place is really good see it in case you haven't even if you're not a horror person it's not that scary it has jump scares but not that, that like not sleep at night kind of 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 horror next um we're going to hear from three previous guests Moses and Kevin who are from the Opinionated Stooges podcast um then we'll also hear from Anne Kiria the creator of the web series Masao they all had three very different choices please listen hey this is Wada Moses of the former Opinionated Stooges with a playlist and I'm here to talk about my movie of the year which was Mission Impossible Fallout which may come as a surprise that a fifth installment in a franchise is my best movie of the year but it 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 shocked me as well cuz i didn't expect the movie to be this good in my opinion first off i'm a big fan of tom cruise and everything he does i feel like just you got when he, when you see him on screen just there's a way you can feel cuz the way you can feel his worth his work ethic and you appreciate it and i think i did that. i think i did it the most in this movie because everything was just intense like there was no moment in the movie when you could calm down the moment you calm down something they up the ante and shock you and bring you up even more and i have i think i have to give that to i have to give that also to Christopher McQuarrie the director because apparently him and Tom Cruise have been working on that hello jump scene for about a year they had been constructing it trying it testing it for about a year just so they could give us the best the best they could give us and yeah and also all, all the fight scenes were I'm I'm an action guy as far as you can tell but by my best movie being an action movie I'm an action guy and all the fight scenes were well choreographed well very good stunt action um insane set pieces I mean who has a helicopter chase scene in a movie I haven't seen that in ev- done ever because most time it's a catchy scene or someone it's a catchy scene and it's basic we are shooting out we are going tires something like that but this was a helicopter chase scene and it was intense as it could have it could have ever been because when i was in the cinema and the scene where he's climbing 
the helicopter the helicopter load the rope and then he falls and grabs it at the bottom literally 90% of a cinema of people watching a movie and cinema we gasped i've never seen i've never felt such a reaction like that in a movie from a simple scene like that from a simple construct like that and also even the chase scene where he was running after a guy walking by just following a gps from someone talking to him in his ear it was just a very well constructed action movie everything was just in place everything was in order and then i was so happy that vin grams came back and actually had a and actually had a very strong part in this movie and didn't have to just appear for one scene he was part of the original cast and it was just a very well constructed action movie my best movie of the year the most fun i've had in the cinema all year say it like um, let me say it that let me say it like that yeah thank you hey sharon and everyone else at cinema red pill this is kevin abuka also known as swistax from twitter my best film of 2018 would have to be the ballad of buster scruggs um i hope you guys have heard of it i hope at least someone has watched it that i'm not talking to myself Anyway, um so it's done by the Cohen brothers. Uh those are like probably top 5 favorite directors of mine. It's a western anthropology film and it's uh divided into six stories. And these stories are told over the 2 hour 13 minute runtime. People are so easily distracted. So, I'm the distractor with a little story. People can't get enough of them. Because, well, they connect the stories to themselves, I suppose. And we all love hearing about ourselves. So long as the people in the stories are us, but not us. This will tell the tale. You can come to expect what you always. expect from a coen brothers movie it's going to have um great acting great directing beautiful cinematography uh nice action scenes um the weirdest strangest dark funniest humor you can think of so random and so yeah like i think the fact that this movie was done by the coen brothers alone should be enough to sell the movie Um I loved the movie. I didn't even feel the uh 130 minute runtime going by. Uh simply because every after a story there was another even more brilliant story coming. It felt like I was watching uh it felt like I was binge watching a series and apparently um these stories were supposed to be told as a six part mini series but these guys decided to do it as a movie. and uh, i guess it's like a nod to how good these guys are that they managed to um keep the pacing right and still flesh out these stories in the shorter time spans that they had cuz actually i think one of the shortest stories in the movie is told over 15 minutes but um by the end of the story you still it's not like you won't feel like um there's anything lacking or or whatever basically just go watch the movie and pick out the story that works best for you and yeah if you guys don't like my pick then you can come and fight me on twitter or if you have my number you call me but yeah i'm ballad of buster scruggs that's number one for me 
Hello there, this is Anne Kiria of the Masawo fame, M-A-A-S-A-W-O. Okay, I had to do that <laughs> now to get to where we're actually here. My favorite movie of this year, it's been a long year, so I can't really recall all the way back to January. But um, when I look through my hard drive here, I mean, I have to delete a lot of stuff, so I only keep things that were really, you know, good. And I see Destination Wedding. Destination Wedding was super, super funny. According to the internet, this is how the synopsis goes. Lindsay and Frank are two strangers invited to Frank's brother's wedding. Um, while there, they get to know that they are more than strangers and share an equal level of, irritab of irritableness and grief towards the world. However, under the thick cloud of exasperation, the hopeless romantics slowly fall for each other. <laughs> no, according to me, the synopsis is these two really cranky people meet and go for a wedding and take us on a really, really funny journey. Um, the movie just has these two characters. Of course, there are people in the background, like guys at the airport, the people at the wedding, but it's only these two people who speak. So that was really fun. It was so cool. It's just two people the entire time, of um, the entire runtime. The lines are funny. So, 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 so funny. Uh, I like that because I thought it was... I've, I've not seen a movie like that before. And the moment I put it on, like the first um, five minutes were really... You know, like you're sinking, you sit down and you're like, hmm, I need to pay attention to this. Another movie that had that was Sicario, um, the new, the newer Sicario. First couple of minutes, you're, you're plugged in. Okay, but back to Destination Wedding. I loved that. It was one of my favorites this year. I think that's really it. You should watch this movie. You should also watch, now that I'm scrolling through my hard drive, also watch Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Very, very, very funny. Happy New Year. Uh-huh. So that's... Uh, I've seen all those three. The Coen's, the Coen Brothers movie, of course, would reign supreme for me in those three. I would say on that one, for sure, I have recommended it to people and it has not flopped. I recommend to people movies all the time and sometimes I blunder so hard. But Ballad of Buster Scruggs has worked really well, so in case you're doubting, please see that. Mission Impossible seems like an obvious one everyone will see without even having to mention it. And it, I liked it too a lot. I saw it in the cinema also. And seeing Tom Cruise run was a highlight. Seeing Tom Cruise in the bathroom fight scene was another highlight. Henry Cavill, always a highlight. And yeah, so I dug that. Destination Wedding, I would be unsure what to say. It's also really good if if you like movies where people talk a lot these are two characters who have dialogue scene after dialogue scene after dialogue scene and the dialogue is pretty clever so in it's entertaining especially if you're not the type who likes generic rom-coms this would be extremely cool moving on next um we're going to now hear two people who have a similar choice this is Mark and Sarah. Those two are both artists. And so it did not surprise me when they had the same choice. I don't think anyone would be surprised that they both love this director. Take a listen. My name is Sarah and my movie pick for 2018 is Isle of Dogs, which is a stop motion film by Wes Anderson about, in short, uh, a boy and the great lengths to which he goes to get his dog back 
as a film it is beautiful both visually and and also emotionally i think i think it kind of it kind of struck a chord with me because i i like pets and i have a dog of my own but i also think it managed to do that with people who don't have pets without me kind of repeating what i feel like a lot of people would say one one thing that really stood out for me as you know like a choice for Wes Anderson was the choice to not translate the Japanese dialogue in the film which cemented us in the position to experience the movie through the dog's perspective you know um if you if you don't speak Japanese then you you are at the same level of understanding the human beings in the film as the dogs were and i thought that was like a really smart choice um of course <laughs> Wes Anderson brought back his usual cast yeah that's always nice it's it's something he's kind of made endearing to me to to be able to like watch a Wes Anderson film and and you know hear hear all these familiar voices from the last Wes Anderson film and stuff uh but yeah this was a really gorgeous movie and um yeah that's my pick for 2018 the japanese archipelago 20 years in the future canine saturation has reached epidemic proportions an outbreak of dog flu rips through the city of megasaki mayor kobayashi issues emergency orders calling for a hasty quarantine. Trash Island becomes an exiled colony. The Isle of Dogs. Hello. My name is Mark Kakuru and I am the director for Chebet. This year's UCC Film Festival winner for best animation. Uh my movie selection of the year is uh I love dogs. Uh largely because I'm very interested in animation, more so stop motion animation and I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. Uh I like the way he his style is very was well, very distinct. He has his his color palettes that he selects, the camera angles, all the symmetry. But more beautifully what he does is the dialogue he lets most of most of what carries the script is its is its dialogue which i like very much i mean the visuals are good because his work almost always looks like a graphics designer shooting a film because of the symmetry and the and the color and the color scheme that is almost inexistent in in real life so it's a very deliberate color scheme you see he has meticulously picked out everything from the layouts to the angles to the colors so nothing is just happening randomly because well if you have watched any of his prior movies you would see like for example his color scheme has that closed value that doesn't occur in natural light in in a natural setting in in the real world so everything is almost a pre-built set and well it's it's a pretty good story i mean it's good for the kids good for the adults and he sticks to his regular casts his 
people, Bill Murray and... But for me, this was the, selection, the movie selection of the year. And it has been something we're waiting for since uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I was crazy about Fantastic Mr. Fox. That, now that was a brilliant movie. But my release for this year has been uh, Isle of Dogs. That is my selection. Wes Anderson, his extremely distinguishable style is, of course, something that a lot of people really like. I like him too as a director, but not as much as most people. People bow down for that man. And I I liked I Love Dogs a lot this year. Mm, it was as cutesy as his other stuff tends to be. There were dogs and they were really cute. And there's a tear that would fall down their eyes in a way that's heart melting which of course got to me but i really liked i love dogs a lot next we are moving on to another group of three people who have very different not two of them have kind of similar but three separate films that were their best of the year and we'll hear from Joel, who is also another co-host of mine, who I tend I've, every other year we've done the end of year episode. This is the first way we've switched things up, but you'll get to hear his pick. And Brenda, she was a past guest this year. Then Matthew. Hello, my name is Matthew Champu. I'm an author, screenwriter, producer. I own Swift Films co-partner in like media films yeah so i'm all about films and, and reading and and uh since as a kid uh my favorite movie of the year is a bit of a toss-up it's between uh the meg and um venom and for two reasons really why why it's a, why i particularly picked these two movies because one both of them just went back to the basics make make a good movie that's fun, uh, you know, and not too heavy to digest and straight to the point. It is as advertised and people will turn up. And uh, I love such movies because at the end of the day, summer is about movies that you go in and you have fun. And also my favorite movie list is shaped by the fact that I have an eight-year-old son and he's into movies now. So what I do watch with him and what I do enjoy with him matters a lot. Yeah, so um, the Meg and Venom were proper examples of when, to me, Hollywood just does not overthink it um, and just goes, like, let's do this and let's make it and the people will come. And over the last couple of years, there seemed to be a rebellion against just having a feel-good movie where you just go to the cinema, you eat popcorn and you enjoy yourself. You know, there seems to be a movement that you know, all the movies must must be heavy and have twisted endings and uh, be complicated, which is not really what's necessary. Um, it was a good year for film, though, uh, but I'll explain why. I like. I, I think the Meg slightly beats out Venom on my favorite list. Uh, it's based off uh, the novel by Mr. Steve Alton. That's his name. I first read the book when I was, I think back in 98, because I, I think the book came out in 97. It's actually a, a trilogy of books. But uh, yeah, so, you know, following this guy called Jonas and his, uh, you know, and his issues with the Megalodon. 
So the movie, straight to the point, you know, Jason Statham, big, big fan of his, love all his movies. So it's just straight to the point, you know, scientists go and mess about, discover a megalodon, megalodon discovers man and realizes, hey, you know, uh, let's make this real. So that's the movie in a nutshell, really, man versus shark, <laughs> gigantic prehistoric shark. And it was good to see the Meg uh, on a big screen and tear up the box office and make a lot of money and shut down the haters because ever since the classic, the masterpiece Jaws by the great Steven Spielberg, there has not really been another excellent shark movie, to be honest. And maybe the one, in my opinion, that comes close is Rennie Harlan's um, Deep Blue Sea. Uh, it also came out in the 90s yeah, about genetic engineering and super intelligent sharks. Pretty cool, I've watched it several times over, but it was, not a, it was not a big hit. It's not a type of movie that resonated with a lot of fans. But the Megalodon uh, movie, The Meg, straight to the point, you know, proper Hollywood blockbuster candy. Absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, second to that I would say is Venom, because Venom went out of its way to do something totally different than what's expected from the usual superhero movie. And it was brilliant, and Mr. Tom Hardy, badass as usual. Hi, my name is Brenda. I write, I act, I produce. I basically like to tell stories. And uh, for Cinema Red Pill, uh, Sharon asked me to list um, to come up with my favorite film of the year, which I think it's so unfair, but uh, I'll try to list my favorites too. <laughs> and uh, my the movie that stood out for me the most this year is uh, The Tale by Jennifer Fox. And uh, it's a semi-autobiographical story uh, that explores something that happened to um, her character that is played by Laura Dunn when she was um, a twin or a teenager and uh, she was sexually uh, harassed by this her coach and uh, the coach's wife but in her memory uh, something else dif something different happened she has like a very different version of what happened but turns out that uh, she came up with this version of what happened in order to like uh, protect herself from what actually happened to her and uh, the film explores um, the memory of uh, you know of uh, Laura Dan Jennifer actually as she and I think it's actually brave that Jennifer Fox named this uh, the main character Jennifer Steele and I think it was a thing of you know this is the story and I'm not going to hide behind anyone else. The story you're about to see is true, as far as I know. When I was a child, I was obsessed with changing myself. And I don't even remember who I used to be. Jennifer, sweetheart, I found a story that you wrote in English class. Where'd you find it? What matters is what it says. I've met two very special people. Bill is an excellent coach. Jenny, do you trust me? Mrs. G was the most beautiful woman I had ever met. There are no bad horses, only bad riders. Someone who was there. Hello, Mrs. G. Let's get you up in the south, see what you can do. I only remember them. Why can't I remember myself? 
So I think uh, minus its timely nature, it being, uh, you know, the film came out in this Me Too, uh, just when Me Too is kicking off, the Me Too movement, I think the way that uh, she explored memory in this film was really fascinating. But also, I think a lot has to do with like her, her background as a documentary filmmaker. And uh, I think she really did a good job to like show us how she remembers things differently from how they actually happened and she's in denial but she slowly comes to the, re the realization that she was actually molested by these people and so now it's time to like confront uh, these adults and uh, yeah it was really it's it's one of those stories that I think most women will relate to and I think I I, I need to watch it over and over again because I was I didn't expect the things it made me feel and uh, for me also it kind of like got me thinking about uh, the different times in my life where I have told myself a different story to like maybe get through something but I'm like afraid to face the actual truth because you do not want to know what the truth is. The other film that stood out for me um, it's really now it's a tie between annihilation and disobedience but I think um, uh, disobedience uh, holds uh, a very like a, a closer spot to my heart because it's a, basically a story about rebels and uh, it was just really interesting to see the things that people do in the name of religion the ridiculous things that they do the ridiculous things they put up with and yeah I think um, those two really stood out for me and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what uh, next year has for film but uh, for this year Yep, that's it from me. Thank you. Hey guys, it's your boy. Oh, it's just me. It's just Joel. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, this is Joel, the other cinema Red Bull guy. So my favorite movie of the year was Solo, a Star Wars story. And honestly, I thought that would be on my worst movies list of the year. Um, I haven't been a big fan of the Star Wars spin-offs that Disney's been putting out. Uh, the last one, Rogue One, a Star Wars story was, uh, I mean, if you guys were listening to the show in 2016, yeah, that, that placed on my worst movies list. Um, and yeah, I felt like this was a beautiful uh, origin story. Do I think it was necessary? No, I still not think this movie had any reason for existing, but I'm glad it exists. It is such a comfortable movie to watch. It is hard to find a comfortable movie to watch. You just pop in, no stress. It's just good times. No one's pressuring you to laugh. No one's pressuring you to feel sad. No one is demanding emotions from you. The movie just is. And you just are. That was deep, man. Um, no, just <laughs> I'm playing too much on this. Um, so yeah, that was my favorite movie. Of the year, I would highly recommend it. I know it got a lot. It caught the movie caught so much flack. Um, because the Last Jedi, which came out last year, was a very divisive movie. I personally liked it, but yeah, it was a very divisive movie. So things were a little sour between Lucasfilm and the fans there. So I mean, it sucked. It sucked that the people didn't give it a chance. I felt bad for not giving it a chance, which is why I paid twice full price to see it <laughs> in the theater. Because it was it was that good. It's like I, yeah, Lucasfilm actually did good this time, like really good, and you really deserved that money. And 
solo Star Wars story aside, um, I did have a couple, I had three, two or three movies that didn't make it to the list that could have, they were in the running. Um, I had Incredibles 2, which was a, a very close second. So you have Mandy, uh, which starred Nicolas Cage, and just wow, it's kill, killer cult, murders guy's wife, guy murders everyone else. It's, it's a lot of, 80s movies just random malicious just random malicious acts that like trigger revenge quests <laughs> that's a bunch of 80s movies that you could point to a lot of 80s b movies anyway and yeah i really loved the music music was beautiful really beautiful colors a lot of vinyl purples and no a lot of like neon purples and stuff it was really interesting and I guess, yeah, Black Panther is also worthy of an honorable mention. I mean, I'm not as hyped about it as a, lo- a lot of the world probably was, but... <laughs> um, let me go to the second one. Uh, yeah, the other one was Avengers Infinity War, which was, yeah, it was okay. It was better than Justice League. That's... Yeah, which is <laughs> not very high praise when you consider how low on the totem pole justice league is but yeah yeah those yeah those were mostly my movies my favorite movies of the year and i need a closer that won't horribly embarrass me oh yeah go on joel out yeah that's cool so the kids say they say joel out yeah so that's joel a resident star wars guy um Having a Star Wars movie as his favorite of the year. And uh, Matthew had the Meg. I saw the Meg and yeah, it's wild. <laughs> Extremely wild. Um, Brenda's Choice, The Tale. I think Zan would have more to talk about. It's a huge constra- contrast in comparison to two very feel-good movies. Uh, I think I would actually put the tale in a category of movies that I would never... I was shocked Brenda would want to watch that again. I would never watch that again. It was uh, just too disturbing for me. Too... uh, Everything is so true. It's so disturbing. It's... And uh, it's just... I had to work up like three months to get energy to watch that. But it is really brilliant. It's amazing what she did, especially with the memory thing. Uh, coming up next, another consensus choice between two people. And this is a fun one. Uh, yeah, this is two friends of mine. Juliana has been on the show before, um, talking about rom-coms. So spoiler alert on what's coming next. This is Juliana and another friend of mine called Esther. Hi, my name is Juliana Peter. I am not a director of anything, just a love of entertainment um, just like everyone else in the world, I am particularly inclined towards um, romantic movies. So the movies to do with anything about love, anything with love, um, anything that elicits love emotions. That's my kind of stuff. Um, so my movie for the year is, drum roll please, Crazy Rich Asians, yay! So, Crazy Rich Asians is um, about a Chinese-American economics professor, Rachel Chu, and her Singaporean boyfriend, Nick Young. 
So they go on a trip to Singapore for Nick's best friend's wedding. And Rachel soon learns that Nick Young comes from one of the wealthiest families in Singapore. Yeah. So Rachel is thrown headfirst into the riveting chaos that comes with the upper class, um, disapproving mothers and jealous girlfriends, all of that. Um, so for starters, like if you watch this movie, you will definitely agree with me that it's fun, it's colorful, it's uh, funny, all the things that are uh, tick-tick for entertainment. However, there's so many deep themes, underlying themes in there that um, I really liked. So I think the first one that really stood out all throughout the movie is family. There was a lot of trying to preserve the lineage and trying to preserve the family customs and culture. That was for the Nick family. The family that's really wealthy. Um, um, so another thing that I see a lot and literally everywhere is just power dynamics at play and different power structures that just um, mirror what we have in society today. Also, it um, highlights subtle, subtle racism in one of the themes. Think about then the last one that I also saw was very vivid is sexism it does not miss um so in the movie i just see a lot of um women having to sacrifice themselves or being expected to sacrifice themselves for the sake of family for the sake of um keeping up culture and that kind of thing um which is also very common but also something that happens today is i see older women who've actually gone through these struggles, gatekeeping these traditions and norms and saying, no, I went through it. So, young Missy, you also have to go through it. So the last thing that I really, really, really loved is um, the Asian culture. This this movie was just rich with Asian culture, which I totally loved. Um, um, and I could see they like took things that would be um, negative stereotypes about Asians and then they turned them into cool things like the wedding ceremony scene was extremely out of this world very beautiful in a setting that looked like a rice party with water but extremely out of this world um, also we just listened to cool Asian music see cool Asian food we even learned how to make dumplings in the movie and overall, I like that um, it just shows Asians living their best life. Um, anyways, this is why I pick Crazy Rich Asians. I would recommend it to anyone that hasn't watched it. And if you have watched it, I am sure you will enjoy watching it again and again and again. Cool. 1.2 million. Nick you're dating is Nick Young? Yeah, you guys know them or something? Hells yeah. They're just the biggest developers in all of Singapore. Damn, Rachel. It's like the Asian bachelor. These people aren't just rich. They're crazy rich. Now you really should have told me that you're like the Prince William of Asia. That's ridiculous. Much more of a Harry. <laughs> Mom, this is Rachel Chu. She just thinks you're some like unrefined banana. No, no, no. Uh, those are your fingers. Yellow on the outside, white on the inside. Do something crazy! <laughs>
Hi everyone, my name is Ndagira Esther and I'm a program manager with Code for Africa. My movie selection for the year 2018 is Crazy Rich Asians. And the reason why I like this movie, first of all, is because I have a deep appreciation and admiration for Southeast Asian culture. So countries like the Philippines, Thailand, China, Singapore, South Korea, I love watching their media and listening to their music and reviewing their content. So I was very excited for when the movie came out because I wanted to share of that experience. And I have to say that I was not disappointed at all. And I have to say um, I appreciated the, the way that the culture was portrayed. I was not disappointed at all. The respect for family and the role that it plays was well portrayed. And also the, the, the significance of wealth and good fortune that was portrayed in the movie is true to that culture because it puts an importance on family, first of all, and it puts an importance on how well you're doing, right? And how you interpret that is entirely up to you, but it is true to that culture. So... I loved it. I loved the colors. I loved the music. I loved that there were a couple of lines in there of Mandarin, which was very exciting. Um, I loved the extravagance, you know, that came with it. Um, that the the wedding, <laughs> the wedding was beyond extravagant. But I liked it because it is true to especially the wealthy families that side to have extravagant parties and that sort of thing so and um i love the romance of course uh, love always wins i'm for that sucker for that and everything i think everything was well done um the extravagance the culture the respect of it the family and the role that it plays um certain habits and traditions that are passed down you know, to um, to generations ahead. For example, like making dumplings and that sort of thing. Um, I love that that too was put in there. So for me, it's my selection because of the way it was very particular about putting out there the important things in the Chinese tradition and for us to be able to share with them and to be really engrossed in them, even us who are not Asian, to understand why, why you know, certain people will want or why Asians may want to marry fellow Asians because of the responsibility that it carries. And um, I also like the culture, so I was very excited. Um, but yes, um, I like it because of that. It was very true to the culture, very true to the extravagance, very true to the traditions, very colorful and very fancy. Yes, thank you. Uh, yes, I also really enjoyed Crazy Rich Asians. I saw it in the cinema and was very much recommending it highly after seeing it because those wealth sequences are pretty insane and really epic. It's it's worth seeing all that wealth pornography, really. The, and I like how Julian and, 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 and Esther getting to the things the movie really was trying, really, they tries to, it does a lot of important stuff, which is cool, but good movie. I tried to embrace rom-coms this year and really did. This was one of the ones I like that was made this year. So moving on to our final, final 
group of people which is we who all have different choices and after that i'll definitely also before i close the episode i'll definitely talk about my favorite movie so wait out for that please uh next we're going to hear from my friend emily alongside two past guests um oscar harding who has been on the podcast for a bit and uh we write with he's my editor for cinema escapist also philip has been on he was on many episodes when we just started Hi, I'm Oscar Harding, Africa and Diaspora Editor for Cinema Escapist. I've been a guest this year on Cinema Red Pill talking about the Battle of Algiers. And my favourite film of the year is Annihilation. It's the story of a group of women who enter an alien force field called The Shimmer to investigate what happened to a military unit who went missing inside it. I love this kind of film because it presents a very existential kind of horror that there is no God, we don't matter at all, and are nothing but a collection of cells that's at the mercy of Mother Nature. This could have been a generic sci-fi horror, but it's beautiful cinematography and score, combined with an excellent all-female cast that give a very different type of energy to the genre, make this my top film of 2018. And I'm really glad I got to see it on a big screen instead of on Netflix, because this is a story too big for the small screen. Hi, my name is Emily, and uh, my favorite movie of 2018 is a movie called The Hate You Give. And um, it's just a movie about um, the black experience in America and police brutality and uh, like just the perspective of um, black people and how they're profiled in America and how the police... Um, does not see them as human beings and basically the premise of the movie happens when um, this girl goes for a party in her hood basically in the ghetto and um, one of her childhood friends decides to take her home after shooting and they're driving on the roadside and then the police decides to stop them and then he tells the guy the childhood friend to get out of the car and um, put his hands on on the car but then he's playing around and he's like no this guy is fake and all that so he's reaching out to get his comb to comb his hair and the police looks at him and thinks he's pulling out a gun and shoots him dead in front of the girl and then the girl rushes out to get him and then the guy's the police guy the policeman is a white guy so he's freaking out and he's trying to get the girl to shut up and he's, he's literally not seeing them as human beings. He's literally just like looking at them like animals, like stop it, shooting them, I'm going to shoot you again. And it just really broke me because I was like, oh my gosh, I am an African and I've never, okay, I've traveled a bit and I've experienced like tidbits of racism, but I couldn't imagine living in a society that does not see me as a human being. And it just touched my heart because I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm an African, but if I go to America, that's how people would see me. That's how the police would see me. They would see me as a black person. They would see me as a dog, as, as nothing, you know. And then she, the other thing that really touched me was when she was going to a, a school that's very affluent in a really rich neighborhood, which was a white neighborhood. Uh, but then her dad forced their family to, to, to live in the ghetto. So whenever she would go to her school, she would always have to change her identity. She would have to act a little bit more white. She would have to straighten her hair. So it, it also challenged me because I also felt like that's how I, I had to be in some... Um, environments. I have to change who I am because I'm like, oh, I have to be more calmer. I have to be more palatable. So 
it just touched me how she was struggling with that. But the ending scene just made me cry in the cinema. I was like, my eyes were bawling. I was just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Because the hate you give fucks everybody. Meaning that the hate you put out in the world affects the small kids. And then in turn, it affects the younger generation. Meaning that that younger generation is going to be the leaders of tomorrow. And all around that the whole society is going to be fucked up and messed up at the end of the day because that hate is going to live through the next generation and then the next generation and then it just becomes a cycle so that just broke me yeah that was that's why it was my favorite movie hello my name is philip from celio we make awesome tech and this is my top pick for 2018 oh yeah i've been on this show before check me out on the episode on war Right, so my best film for 2018 is, drumroll, Death of Stalin. Love Death of Stalin. It was amazing black comedy. Death of Stalin is a look at the final days of the dictator Stalin and the drama that happened around him and the struggle for power. Amazing film, check it out. It was hilarious. Honorable mention, Ready Player One was surprisingly entertaining for me. It felt like I've seen these scenes in my head before. And that's why I enjoyed it a lot. Perfect. I really like Annihilation also. It's definitely in my top five. I really like Death of Stalin too. Great, really funny. One of my best favorite from this year. And uh, for The Hate You Give, that's the only one I've not seen so far and definitely eager to see it after Emily's strong recommendation. Uh, so that's it from people who sent me recordings. I have to say thank you so much to all those people. It was, I really appreciate it. I hope you guys have enjoyed hearing their choices. So now I finally also get to talk about my favorites of the year. I have two I want to talk about and I like them for really different reasons, but they were my standouts for the year. And the first one is um, Skate Kitchen by Crystal Mosell. And it's my favorite because of how much I simply want to live in that movie. Mm, it's about a skateboarder called Camille who finds and joins a group of exceedingly cool girl skateboarders. And this movie, in its best moments, we get to see the girls just skate and talk and have sex and be silly it really has that a, a documentary feel to it like this is exactly how these girls are and the movie is exactly how those girls are they actually have a, an instagram page which of course i stalked a bunch and they're exactly like them so they're characters in the film the moments where they're just living are pure gold and i enjoyed watching that more than any other movie this year but there's some moments where it sort of fails when it adds very basic drama elements that actually include Jaden Smith. But although that, that plot point concludes to a really epic climax, something I purely enjoyed, and the joy of watching these girls just makes up for its tiny, tiny faults. The other one is called Live No Trace, and for that one, I purely consider it to be a perfect film. And a perfect film in that 
I admired it so much because I rarely get this feeling. No, not rarely. I get this feeling many times, but it's it's the one that I looked at and bit by bit I would. It's the kind of movie that I would want to make, and so I was in all the entire time at how it was handling its itself, and it's about a father with the PTSD. Who is living this perfect little life in, in a forest with his daughter? So a, a small mistakes disrupt their life, and their and authorities come to them and take them out of that forest. So throughout the film, the two of them have to cope with a different life outside that seclusion, and the way things transpire is so thoughtful. Not obvious. It never takes a predictable turn. And it had, I, I had this worry throughout, but it had a perfect climax. The father-daughter relationship here is just pure gold. It never goes cliche to me in a single point, at a single point. It's just perfect is what I would say. Leave No Trace by Deborah Granick and Skate Kitchen by Crystal Marcel. Those are my two favorites. Of course, I want to talk about some other stuff that I found interest, some other movies that were interesting that didn't make my top two. Um, uh, Timothy had mentioned this, but Sorry to Bother You by Boots Riley is great. Wild and great. First Reformed is amazing about a pastor going through some existential crisis. Calm is a great movie. It's on Netflix. It's about a calm girl. Support the Girls is a good Mumblecore movie with Regina Hall. Really great Mumblecore. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Best superhero movie this year for sure, in my opinion. Bad Times at the Air Royale. Fun, fun watch. Fun original screenplay. Ooh, enthralling throughout. Widows, unique. Its uniqueness can be a, a fault to some, but unique, creative, great Steve McQueen. Two foreign films I really liked were one, Happy as Lazaro, great Italian movie, Cold War, great Polish movie. And I also really liked Ralph Breaks the Internet. I have an obsession with Vanellope for some reason. But otherwise, that's it from all of us. Thanks again to the people who sent me recordings. Happy New Year to everyone. Hope you enjoyed this. Please follow Cinema Red Pill on Twitter and Facebook to get updates on our upcoming episodes of 2019. Thank you, everyone, and bye.